Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. I have opened the chat room, so if you're listening in live, you can join us in the chat room. Hi, welcome to those across the sea. I appreciate you being here. Um, Movie Beat is really a resource designed for you, and that's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. And I want to thank all of my listeners for tuning in uh, live or archived or to the podcast from iTunes. I want to thank all of my readers and all of the people who support this show and my guests with their phone calls or your email and your feedback. Uh, the official website is rexsykes.com. That's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. Uh, and you can subscribe to the website right there at the welcome page. You hit that blue RSS feed button that will subscribe you so that any changes to the website you will be updated to. So cast and crew listings, upcoming events, these interviews, my rants, uh, articles that are posted to the website, please go ahead and take a look at all of those and uh, subscribe. You can also follow us on Twitter at RexSykesMovieBT. That's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S-M-O-V-I-E-B-T. And uh, we do like it when you follow, and I really, really like it when you tweet about my guests or when you put my guest information on your walls or you email it. Um, because it helps support them. It helps get the word out to other filmmakers, TV makers, webisode makers, uh, and, and people involved in the film community uh, so that they can tune in and benefit from the expertise that my guests share live or archived right here on Rex Sykes Movie Beat Show. So uh, we really appreciate you following, and uh, you can become a member of the Rex Sykes Movie Beat fan page on Facebook or the Rex Sykes Movie Beat group at Facebook. By the way, go to Facebook, click on my profile. Some friends of mine have recently uh, put some movies up there. Kyle Arpke, who's worked uh, in production here with us, uh, has a movie that he did, I believe, when he was much younger. And um, our guest, Michael Hoffman, editor and director, uh, his movie was released uh, the 9th of March, and so there's a link to the fan page for that and, and tells you how you can get that movie. Uh, Michael will be back sharing information with us, so uh, I'm, I'm pleased to promote that. Uh, and please, he's a great guy and a wealth of information. Uh, go to the Hot and Fun blog where you'll learn about uh, Julie Richardson, who was a guest of uh, V-Pipe Screenplay Pitch Contest by way of Facebook. Uh, you're going to want to check into that for sure. The uh, 2010 Great Lakes Film Festival has a call for entry, so uh, check into that. The Northern California Screenwriter and Filmmakers Expo comes up March 26th through the 28th in Napa, California. Uh, you'll want to read about that in Kevin Sorbo's Celebrity Golf, A World Fit for Kids. It's a charity for kids. June 10th to the 11th has information uh, right there at the Hot and Fun blog. And at the Hot News blog, it's uh, time to tell you about Firestarter Films Festival's next event, March 26, 2010, 6 
p.m. to 12 p.m. at the Live Artist Studio right here in Milwaukee. So go ahead if you're uh, local and check into that. I am thrilled today to have the guest uh, with me uh, who <laughs> I'm stumbling here. I'm thrilled to have the person who is my guest today on the show. Uh, I've known him for many years. He's been uh, influential in my life, both uh, personally as a coach and uh, and in reading his books and uh, and uh, he's a fabulous guy. It's Eric Morris. He's probably one of the most controversial and exciting acting coaches in the history of American theater. With his unique approach to acting from a being place, he's uh, revolutionized the concept of performance. And uh, he's the author of now seven books. He's in the midst of, of writing, uh, I believe, his seventh. Uh, I remember, I mean, starting off with a book called No Acting, Please, and there was Being and Doing, and I'm going to bring Eric on and let him tell you about uh, about his books and about his methods. Uh, hi, Eric. How you doing? Hi, Rex. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you were uh, imparting a great deal of information there. I hope the people were writing it down. I hope so, too. Or they can go back and they can play it over and over again. Well, that's so, great. Uh, that's that one of the advantages of, of uh, Archived or about the podcast is they can just go back and, and, that's and great. repeat it. Yeah. So. The computer has revolutionized the world. It surely has. As you have revolutionized the world of acting for actors. Well, you know, uh, the thing is, uh, I'm a method teacher. Uh, method is a kind of a strange word. People use it, misuse it. But, you know, the missing link in the method, from Stanislavski all the way down through the, ma- the major master teachers like Lee Strasberg and Sandy Meisner and Uta Hagen and, and, and the others, Stella Adler, uh, the, the missing link is that very little attention was paid to the actor's instrument to liberating the actors the actors instruments so that they could act uh we come to acting uh like most people who are you know we're all damaged by society by by well-meaning parents by teachers by clergy by peer groups we're damaged you know uh we get uh, inhibited fearful frightened and blocked so uh in most cases i mean almost almost categorically the actor's instrument was neglected, meaning that the liberation of the instrument was totally neglected, and actors were taught processes of of how to approach material. But underneath all of the uh, inhibitions, blocks, uh, dependencies, fears, damage that has been caused by growing up in our society, the actor learned to act above the reality of what what they felt and where they were really so it became a kind of representational presentational process that kept the uh, kept kept the actor from mining his gold from really accessing the talent so why you said you said something very interesting rex you said controversial yes i was and i guess i still am not as much as i used to be because success is a kind of a Elizabeth Taylor says success washes out all bad uh, odors. You know what I mean. But in the first uh-huh. ten or first ten or fifteen years of teaching, I was very conver- uh, controversial because people used to say, "Well, he's doing uh, psychotherapy," which is not true. I never did that. Uh, you might say behavior modification, but I work very specifically with liberating the actor first, and at the same time teach him uh, a craft to address and fulfill. Uh, uh, dramatic material which doesn't leave a stone unturned. I know that sounds a little ego- egocentric, but it's true. You can say anything about yourself or the world if it's true. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. I'm not letting you get a word in anyway. <laughs> Go for it, man. That's why you're on the show, so that you can talk. Yeah, well, okay. So at any rate, uh, my, my process, I have set, I'm working on my seventh book, uh, which is called The Freedom to Act. And this book particularly addresses all of the instrumental obstacles an actor could have. Not every actor has all of the obstacles, of course, tension, fear, dependency, blocks, emotional uh, areas of of inaccessibility, uh, superstition, uh, religious uh, uh, fears, uh, fears meaning guilt and all of that, which blocks the actor from being able to express uh, the authenticity of what they're feeling on a moment-to-moment basis. So in each category where I I list a a block or an obstacle or a dependency or uh, a a fear, underneath that category, I I, uh, give six or seven, three, four, five, six, seven antidotal exercises to eliminate the problem, to antidote it. Now, of course, you don't do those exercises one time. They're kind of like done repeatedly over and over again until the obstacle, the fear, the block, the inhibition is gone. So I think it's going to be a very important book for actors. It's kind of an actor's desk reference, like a physician's desk reference. So that's the book I'm working on right now. Fantastic. Let me ask you this, and, and I'm sorry, it's it's a, it's it's maybe an obvious or not so obvious question, but 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 from the standpoint of the listener or or from the standpoint of the the, the person actor, what what's important about removing these blocks so that I mean so that they can be more authentic? I mean, why why do we want our actors more authentic? What what is it about? Well, otherwise, you know, it's 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 not real. I mean, a lot of actors are very representational, presentational, and conceptual. If you don't get rid of these these blocks that that keep you from functioning, that that embarrass you, that that uh, stop you from from uh, trusting your impulses, you can never become an experiential actor. Now, what do I mean by experiential? Okay, Stanislavski himself said. Uh, the actor must experience what the character is experiencing. Now, that's true. That is still still true. Unfortunately, even though he was the master master who began this 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 movement, uh, he never really got into how to do that. You know, not very specifically. You know, on an instrumental level, I mean. So, by removing these obstacles to expression and and elevating the ego and the self-esteem and the entitlement of the person, the actor then can work for choices, experiences uh, from their own life that will stimulate an experiential parallel to what the character is experiencing, which means that they are actually experiencing the life of the character from their own frame of reference, from their own choices, from their own experiences, from their own relationships. So without dealing with the liberation of the actor's instrument, the actor is 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 uh, sentenced to functioning above the well of talent, the well of uh, emotion, the well of impulses that are suppressed below that level that have not been liberated. So, you know, a, a lot of pe- New York teachers, and I used to teach in New York every other weekend. I did it for three years until I got burned out on the airplanes. Uh, I just flew back and forth. I had American New Theater, and I had a workshop every other weekend. And here's what I found um, very prevalent in the New York teachers. 
They were terrified, and so was Lee Strasberg, incidentally, who I watched for seven years at the Actors Studio West, uh, terrified of getting into the personal life of the actor. I heard uh, Lee would, after a scene in, in, at the studio, Lee would say, all right, what do you want to tell us? And the actor would start talking about what their process was or what they did. The minute the actor started to get personal, like he would say, well, I had this, this thing with my mother. We had a tremendous uh, uh, issue. And he said, I don't, stop, stop. I don't want to hear about it. Save it for your therapist. It was like, it was like these, these New York teachers, including particularly Lee and a lot of the others, thought that crossing the line between uh, acting and what was personal was a taboo, that you don't cross that line. It's for your therapist. It's for your psychiatrist. And that's, you know, that's bull. That's just plain bull. And so because of that, the actors who were fairly liberated and able to function were the people who functioned. And the people who, the actors who were maybe even more talented than those people potentially weren't functioning because they were blocked. They were obstacle. They were uh, intimidated. They were conditioned to, to, to be a certain way and they couldn't get beyond it. So what I did right at the beginning is I started doing instrumental therapy exercises. At one time, I had over a thousand exercises. I pared them down to maybe 300, 350 now. But the point is this, I was really helping the actors to liberate their themselves from their blocks. I always say this, you know, this work is profoundly life-changing. I know that, again, sounds like some kind of guru in a white robe, but that's not what I am at all. I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I don't believe that the work is, is, uh, uh, off the off off the uh, chart. The work is very important, and the results that I have seen in people uh, is the proof of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me say something here. In, not, I, don't, I don't mean it that way. I, want, I just want to comment on what you said, and that is, uh, if I understand you right, the the difference is between portraying something on film, even though we use that word for actors that they portray a character, and behaving as you would legitimately behave inside of a, a given moment. In other words, there's, there's the authenticity or the truth is that we we behave as we would behave when things are occurring, whether that behavior is we're trying to mask something or we're trying to express something. You know, you, am, am I being clear? In, in yeah, well, what, you, what, what, what you're saying, I like the word portray or perform because – uh, an actor who is not free to act or liberated or open or in touch with who he or she is has got to impose behavior, has got to uh, represent it conceptually. And while this is going on in terms of the portrayal or performance, what the actor is really experiencing is not being expressed, you know. So it's like a split between what the actor is doing, which is usually cerebral and conceptual, and the real goal, the real stuff, is is pushed down into the into the instrument, and the audience never really experiences the 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 beauty of what the person is really feeling. And you know, this happens all the time. Some actors become so facile and so expert at being able to impose and present and conceptualize that they've mastered the ability to look like they're, they're actually real or experiencing it. See, reality is everything. If it's real and, and, and the actor's really experiencing the emotional life in that moment, uh, he should or she should be 
uh, discovering the next moment in the next moment and exactly at the same time the audience does. That's the, uh, in terms of stage, that's the collaboration between actor and audience, you know? That's awesome. Well, Eric, I, I think that, um, well, as as because I've mentioned it before, you know, I was a, a former student of yours in the 70s. I remember once or twice a week going to the studio upstairs. Well, you're giving away my age, aren't you? I've been teaching. <laughs> this, this December, I will have been teaching. Giving away mine, too. 50 years this December. Oh. Can you imagine I, that, a half a century? Where did it I go, can't. Rex? No kidding. Hmm. It went by fast. But, yeah. but uh, we, we, would, we would meet uh, once or twice a week up on La Brea. Uh, That's right. Yeah, and, I was on La Brea. Huh? But... Uh, but and and I and I want to say that the you know I mean I had known you before I became a student and and I asked to to be able to join the class and and you know for you to be very critical of me and I read the book No Acting Please and I love the title I loved it then I love it today I still think that it says way beyond uh, anything else is the idea that when you're acting you shouldn't be acting I mean that, exactly that, you should be experiencing right exactly. Yeah. And and the thing about your workshop and what you're talking about is, is it was delightfully frightening. It it, it presented <laughs> a challenge. It presented. I mean, there were moments where it was uh, it was terrifying in the sense that we were encountering aspects about ourselves, or you, you know, you had exercises that we would do. But it was revealing. In other words, while it was frightening, it was revealing. It was liberating. Uh, it was it was you know. I mean. It, 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 it being an experiencer inside your program back then, I can only imagine what it's like today, but back then, was, it, you ran the gamut of, of, I think, just about every conceivable emotion that you could be capable of running, you know, inside your own instrument because we, oh, we were challenged. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the artist's and the actor's job to be able to access all of the colors of the emotional spectrum. If an actor is blocked in certain of those areas then that actor is not a fully express, expressive, emotionally available actor. So that's why the instrumental work is so important, to do away with all of the taboos and the fears and the superstitions and the damage created yeah. by people's criticism. Most act, You see, Rex, a lot of people get into the business or want to be actors or pursue acting because they want to be seen look at me look at me look at me love me love me love me love me appreciate me appreciate me you see <clears throat> that, those are all the wrong reasons for wanting to act all of them. right you see all of that need of, of being seen and loved and and appreciated it has to come from yourself you have to you have to create a, a, a self-acceptance and self-love and to do that, you have to you 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 have to go through the tunnel. I, I say through the tunnel. What I mean is you have to you have to eliminate all of the damages created by living on this planet. You know, uh, children should be seen and not heard. Uh, don't hang your dirty laundry out in public. Turn the other cheek. Uh, uh, don't 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 do that. Oh, that the little boys don't cry. Uh, girls cry. All of that, all of that bull that that we grow up with, and it's damaging. You know, one, you know, one single statement by a father or authority figure or a mother, Johnny, you are absolutely, you're 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 completely without any any athletic ability you're klutz you 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 stumble over your own feet you can't do anything you can't even catch a baseball saying that to a to to an impressionable person a child can damage that person for life 
that person will never be coordinated because that has been implanted in the conscious, unconscious uh, memory banks of that person uh, because he respects his father, because he respects his mother or his teacher or right. his mentor. And those, those statements, those damaging statements, which, 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 which seem to be so innocuous and so uh, unimportant, can destroy the, the, the confidence of a human being for a lifetime. You know? True. Very true. As, as a matter of fact, I'm working on something I think is very revolutionary, and I'm going to give you a preview of it right now, okay? Awesome. Sure. All right. In this next book that I'm working on, uh, uh, The Freedom to Act, there's a section called Repairing the Damage. Now, what I've devised, I wrote a book on imaging, which is an incredible uh, tool for uh, accessing the unconscious, which is where 95% of our talent lives anyway, the unconscious. And I have a lot of tools in acting, imaging, and the unconscious, my fifth book, on how to do that. But what I'm working on and have been working on for a number of years I think is revolutionary and might might do away with psychotherapy entirely. <laughs> I don't think so, but maybe. Here's, here's how it works. Uh, the actor, the person goes back and remembers and recreates and re, uh, relives and re-experiences a traumatic or uh, damaging experience, whatever, it, what, what, whatever he or she can recall. And through the imaging process, which is a process that is sensorial, it's, it's not just mental imaging, it's actual sensorial imaging as well as mental imaging, the person then goes back and recreates the damaging experience Imaging and recreating the uh, the ingredients of it, changing the damaging ingredients of the experience and the outcome of the experience into a positive, affirmative, nourishing, nurturing experience rather than a damaging experience. Now, here's how it works. Jung said that the uh, the language of the unconscious is our images. That's what C.G. Jung, the great psychiatrist, psychologist, said. And that's true. So the best way to get to the unconscious is through images, naturally. So by imaging, this, recreating this, this, this traumatic event and changing the ingredients and the outcome of these events through imaging repeatedly, 10 times, 20 times, 30 times, 40 times, 50 times, what you're doing is you're actually reprogramming the unconscious memory of that experience and changing it completely so that the unconscious then feeds back into the conscious behavior and into the structure, the behavioral structure of the person, a positive impact rather than a negative. And by doing that, you repair the damage permanently. Permanently. Now, now I, somebody said, well, you know, Eric, that's a very in, in, interesting theory. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, who's, uh, does it work? I'm telling you, Rex, it not only works, I've been using it for years with myself and with other students in private sessions. But I just want to say that not only do I know it worked, it has changed my life personally. I've had some very damaging experience, experiences growing up in my family. I was the baby of the family. My older brother was, was 20 years older than me. The closest sibling I had was 11 years older than me. So I was an also-ran kid. They treat, you know, I was, I, I, I was kind of psychologically abused by negative comments, by criticism. So going back into my own life 
and 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 changing those damaging experiences have has not only changed my life it's liberated me it's elevated my my ego my self esteem my self worth my entitlement it's given me a uh, uh, a positive view of my childhood and my life. So I'm no longer plagued by those issues, you know. This awesome. is revolutionary, and I've been working on it for a long time, and it's going to be in this next book, uh, which is The Freedom to Act. So I'm asking people to give me uh, examples of damaging experiences, and then without using names or uh, personal things. I, I'm I'm then going to give examples of how to antidote this damaging experience. So I'm very excited about this particular element of the book. Well, that is that is awesome. And and the the uh, comment that I would make is that it's always nice. And nice, I don't mean to be that kind of weak word, but it is. It's nice when someone can come along and offer somebody. Uh, practical tools that they can use to make a difference in their life, tools that work. Now, in order to get the tools to work, you have to actually apply them. But when you apply them, you, you can make a difference. And when somebody offers that, that means that the person can then be in control more of their own destiny or their own behaviors. They can eliminate unwanted things, and they can program in uh, behaviors and attitudes and, and things that they want more of in their present and in their future. And so whenever you have a, a practical, hands-on experience, experiential uh, approach like this, I, I'm a big fan of it. And uh, I so appreciate uh, you sharing that because I do. I, I do believe and I do know that that, uh, that form of working with your unconscious processes does in fact work and does in fact make uh, a huge difference. I, I say that from the other aspects of my life that people may or may not be privy to as a speaker and as a trainer and things like that. But I'm, I'm excited to hear you say that, Eric. I really am because it does mean that people can take back more control and be more responsible and accountable for the kind of life that they lead and for their talent as an actor. So that's, well, there's, uh, there, there, there's, no, there's no separation between living and acting. When an actor or a person separates their life from their work, their their, their creative process, their short circuiting, their their contribution, there's no separation between living and acting. And if you're if you're blocked as a person, you're going to be blocked as an actor ten times over because you know you get up on that stage and those blocks really solidify. But I just want to say one other thing here about about uh, my work. You see, to me, there's two purposes for from from birth to death. Our journey is a journey of, of elevating consciousness. We have to become conscious people on a, on, on a very a high level of consciousness. If the world was conscious, there would be no genocide, there'd be no wars, there would be no no, no uh, man's brutality against man. Because consciousness is, is, is an important tool. Now, the other part of consciousness is happiness. If you're not happy... I mean, what, that nothing, nothing is worth anything. The point is that the work that I do and the instrumental liberation and that part of, uh, of the work is designed to not only liberate the person, but to put them on the road to self-fulfillment and happiness. Well, I mean, you know, if we're not happy in life, it doesn't make any difference what we have. We could be billionaires. If you're not happy, all that money, all those material things, all that success is not important because you're not happy. So a lot of the work is designed to uh, stimulate uh, consciousness, uh, promote consciousness and happiness. Being a happy person, being fulfilled by who you are, 
you know, the loving self. My, I, 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 I go to therapy because I think that you're constantly attempting to grow. I have a psychiatrist. He's 86 years old, and he's fantastic. And he's writing a book called uh, that deals with the loving self. You know, that's his thing. And I really feel that's so very, very important to love yourself, to find a way to embrace and love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you have you you you, you can't you don't have that energy to depart or impart rather to people so it, it, and it's not egocentric i'm talking about or narcissism i'm talking just about self-acceptance and self-love it's so very important rex absolutely uh, true very very true words and um you know I, I mean i couldn't agree with you more than to say that you know sometimes people just have to accept and 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 become aware and uh, allow that acceptance and that awareness to transform themselves and to love themselves because when you love yourself you can more give freely to others as well um you know i mean this is fabulous eric and i and i have uh, uh, the utmost respect for uh, you you and your approach and and for the words that you've just shared with our listeners um i need to take a break right now for a short period of time and then come back to uh, this important subject. So uh, hang with me for just a second sure. while I make an announcement. You are listening to Rex Ike's Movie Beats. The official website is rexsikes.com. We appreciate your comments and your support about blogs and articles and conversations. Please, again, feel free to email me through the website if you hear about something coming up before I do. Anywhere in the world, go ahead. But leave me the lead time to investigate it and get it up. Also, draw it to my attention. Just don't say, send me something that I have to sort through my mail. Say, you know, announcement for Rex Ike's Movie Beat, and then I know that it's coming my way. Uh, the other thing is, is you can use the address there to send me your screeners and your products and the thing and the books and all that kind of stuff. Um, I am so glad uh, to have you as listeners. I want to tell you about uh, some of my upcoming guests. My next guest is actor Kenny Johnson. He's appeared as a star on The Shield for five seasons in uh, Saving a Grace and and much much more. He'll be on the show as will producer John Paul Rice. He's coming up right after Kenny. Uh, Eduardo Ballerini will be here. Oh, and before Eduardo is uh, Colleen Neistead. She's got a new product for producers, for filmmakers called Movie Set. I've done the beta on it, and I love it, and I and I want to be able to share that with filmmakers. Um, Juliet Landau, who played Drusilla on um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, and so much more. She, you remember her as a guest. She directed Gary Ullman's Behind the Scenes. Uh, music video uh, making of. Sam Oster will be back, uh, Rocky Lang, Nick Mancuso will return, Patrick Giraldi, uh, Terry Green will come back, Daniel Eskenazi, Uva Bull, and John Cowley, he's the visual effects guy from District 9. Uh, we are so thrilled to have these guests coming up, so be sure you stay tuned to Movie Beat, read the blogs, the articles, and uh, tune in for all of my important guests. And now back to uh, Mr. Eric Morris. Eric, I, I want to ask you something, and that is, I ha- I'm, 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 like I said, I've, well, I've studied with a lot of different people, and I've been a student of yours. Um, I am a fan and not a fan of the method because I think certainly the method has been uh, misunderstood in many ways, or misapplied in many ways. Is my, uh, and here, let me let me preface my question with this: I think that all actors need an on and off switch. I think that when they say action you've got to be in state and you've got to go before the camera and do your duty and and be authentic and then when they say cut you got to you got to come back and be you I, i'm not a big fan of people who are 
the character for three months at a time or where it interferes with their life and their friends and their ability to do other things or where they're on the set and they, you know, I mean, uh, it can be emotionally devastating for some people, you know, to, to, to live the characters that they try and, and live. Now, I, I don't know if you agree with me or disagree with me, but I want to hear your answer because I really do think people, you know, it, you know, you 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 got to be able to do it when you need to do it, and you know, you got to be yourself when you don't need to do it. And maybe there's so. Uh, yeah, I I, I I definitely hear you. And and to make a point, Lee J. Cobb doing Death of a Salesman on Broadway when he did it had a nervous breakdown. That's what uh, I've heard. I mean, I wasn't there, but and it's hearsay, but it, I believe it to be the truth. And I've I've I've, I've experienced actors who get very deeply involved in their role. Uh, uh, true romance. Uh, James Gandolfini. I, I saw him on an interview. He, the, the scene he did with uh, I forget her name right now. The one who does Medium. Uh, he where he uh, he he eventually. Patricia Arquette. What? What? what Patricia what? Arquette. Yeah, Michelle uh, Arquette. Sorry. Right. And he said that when he would go home at night, it took him three or four days to film that scene. I don't remember how exactly what he said, how many days. But he was he he, he was tortured, you know, at night, you know. After going home, he couldn't shake it, you know. I mean, what you're, you're dealing with a very sensitive instrument. It's not a machine, and you don't have an on and off switch. However, I can answer your question very specifically. I feel that research and uh, uh, really getting into the role, getting into accessing those parts of you that uh, parallel the experience of the actor when you're doing a very traumatic role, something that is really gut-wrenching and emotionally uh, impacting, you're going to experience that. And there is some carryover when the director says cut, you're not you're not a you're not an IBM machine, you're not a computer, you don't put the on off switch and you may have some residual. However, now this is the this, this is the kicker here. This is what uh will answer your question. Okay. A very facile experience uh, experienced craftsperson, a journeyman craftsperson or a master craftsman. To be a master craftsman at anything, it takes the better part of a lifetime. But even a journeyman craftsperson who really has a solid grasp on their process can develop what I call the 11th level of consciousness. It's a a technique that, that I've been working with for years and years and years and years. And what it is is that in the first 10 levels of your experiential uh, life on on camera or on stage, you're really experiencing the t- the full impact of the trauma that the character is going through. On the eleventh level of consciousness, you know that you're experiencing that. You know it, and you're enjoying it on on uh, on that eleven. I pick eleven uh, the the number eleven purposely because on the first ten levels you can't you can't interfere with any commentary or awareness of what you're doing because you have to be in it. But on that 11th level of consciousness, you know what you're doing so that you don't strangle the leading lady at the end of the first act because you wouldn't have a second act and you'd get arrested anyway. So you know that when your hands are around her throat and you want to kill her and everything in your body makes you feel like you want to kill her, that 11th level of consciousness knows that you can't kill her and that this is a play. So... uh Yes, in, in respect to that, 
you don't have to live with it uh, for three months at a time. Uh, you don't have to uh, miserize when you go home at night to the point where uh, acting becomes uh, uncomfortable and 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 uh, painful. So here here is what the actor does. Okay, I'm going into a scene right now. I have my choice. I work for my choice. And I'm working for something that makes me feel an incredible impact of pain, hurt, uh, depression. And uh, the choice that I'm working for comes out of my own life. And I really experience that pain, that, that depression, that, that the impact of that. And I'm in it 100%. I'm in it. I feel it. I experience it. Okay. The director calls, cut. They're going to print, cut, print, whatever. That's a good scene, whatever. Like what you did, Eric, fine. All right, so what I do is I walk out of that, I let go of the choice, I might even have an antidotal choice to take me out of that or to uh, to liberate me from that, or maybe I just walk out of that and I'm fine. Now, the director says, oh, Eric, we didn't get, we didn't get it, uh, uh, the camera screwed up, uh, the sound, it, it, we, we, we got to do it again. Okay, so I reinvest in the choice, I'm working for something, a person an event, an experience that makes me feel the pain and the impact, the depression and the grief and the thing. And I reinvest in my choice, which because I know it's going to affect me because it's a very impacting choice will take me again to the same place. So I create it. We shoot it. This time they get it, print. I go on to the next scene. I go on to the next part of the film. But that you know, what, what, what I'm talking about takes craftsmanship. Tremendous well, I, I, craftsmanship. You know, I worked with an I, I I coached an actress for a two-part series called Pearl about Pearl Harbor. I was in Hawaii, and the, one of the actors uh, who was a cantankerous uh, person uh, actually he's dead. I can talk about it. Dennis Weaver uh, played a colonel. He was a cantankerous uh, uh, antisocial guy. So he spent the entire time. Uh, being alienated, being by himself, isolating himself, not dealing with any of the other actors, uh, being curt, short, short fused, etc., to promote that character thing. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't have uh, any uh, criticism of that if that's what he needed to do. However, that's exactly what you were talking about. But a highly developed and he was a good actor incidentally i want to say that i think he was a very under underappreciated actor dennis weaver but at any rate what i'm saying is that an actor a craftsperson who is really facile and has achieved craftsmanship doesn't have to uh miserize for 3 months or 2 weeks or 5 weeks on a uh, uh, in a character in order to do it uh, I, I work with subpersonalities. It's it's uh, one of my mega approaches. Uh, the uh, you know the original Carl Jung uh, archety- archetype subpersonality. Arch- I've been working with since 1975, and uh, when when a person actually achieves the altered state in a subpersonality, you are inhabited that that by that part of you, and it it maintains itself until you walk out of that energy, until you walk away from that energy, but. Rex, I got to tell you, to be able to do what I'm talking about takes years of training. 
years of training. Uh, an actor where an actor is an actor 24/7. You don't stop being an actor when 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 you go home at night. You're an actor 24/7, and there's nothing nothing that shouldn't be of interest to an actor 24/7. You're working all the time. I you know the the dream work at night when you sleep. Their dream work, uh, ordering up dreams, de- participating, lucid dreaming, using using your dreams as choices and as a way to discover what's going on in your life. It, dreams are our greatest teachers because they directly come from the unconscious. But, you know, uh, I, 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 they used to make fun of me when I was training. I was in Marty Landau's class, and Harry Dean Stanton used to laugh and say, what are you going to do, Eric, go home and do sense memory for six hours? They used to make fun of me because I was so committed. They did, you know, I was very committed. I worked 8, 10, 12 hours a day on my craft. And because I, was, I, I wasn't obsessive, I was committed. And I think that actors who don't work every day and who are not actors 24-7 never become the kind of craftspeople that, that, that they could be if they did that. You know, Geraldine Page is a perfect example. When she was at the Goodman Theater, they did the same thing to her. They they made fun of her because Jerry was constantly working 24-7. And if you're really a dedicated artist, you work 24-7, you know. Uh, Ayn Rand, who wrote, you know, uh, uh, wonderful books, uh, Atlas Shrugged uh, and a couple of the other books, said, you want to be a a great writer you have to write every day you want to be a a great juggler you have to juggle every day you want to be a great violinist you have to play the violin and practice every day you want to be a great actor you have to work on it every single day of your life 24 7 and i've spent my life doing that i spent my life doing that i'm a master craftsman after 50 years i think i deserve to say that (laughs) you know well, yeah, I want to I want to piggyback on some of the things that you said. Two things. One is uh, is, is that there is this the saying, you know, practice makes perfect, which has been amended to perfect practice makes perfect because we can practice incorrectly. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so so you know, if you're practicing your craft and you're practicing it, you know, that's great. Now the other the other saying that I'm going to use is the scientific saying is is that uh, nature abhors a vacuum. I do personally believe that if you have if 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 in your craft you have the facility to go into states, uh, e- you know, easily, which comes about only through practice, you know, and, and applying yourself and being committed, as you said. But you can go into those painful states, and you can go into the happy ecstatic states. You can go into love states. You can go into sad states. You can go into – and you develop that uh, – the ability to be facile with that. Then what the actor probably should plan to do is to have that happy state be the opposite side of the down state. So as you said, when the director says cut – they go somewhere else. Oh, sure, go, sure, sure. Go, at, at, know, absolutely. At your fingertips, you should have thousands of choices right. and, and places to go. And as I said earlier, they, all of the colors of the emotional spectrum from A to Z should be at the actor's uh, beck and call and at the fingertips. I want, I want to quote a line that Baryshnikov said, the great ballet, Russian ballet dancer. Uh-huh. He said, if I miss one day of working out, practicing, dancing, doing my my exercises, it takes me three days to get back to where I was before that day that I took off. That's the same thing for actors. I, I suggest that an actor works four or five hours every day on his craft, on his sense memory, 
on, on on his choices, on his monologues, on his scenes. Four or five hours is 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 even not enough. But I, I I'll accept that four or five hours a day. Right. You know, I my, my I was married to my first wife at the time. She would go to work. She had an eight hour day job. I'd get up and start working uh, with sense memory with a cup of coffee, and I would work doing something with my my craft, my instrument, until she got home at 5.30. So I would get up about 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I would work. If I had a rehearsal with another student in class, I would go to rehearsal. If I went to the zoo to study animals, you know, to do uh, externals or something like that, I worked for at least three and a half years every day from 8 to 5, doing work on acting and, and material and craft and instrumental work in addition to going to class for five hours a week. Right, right, right. Well, that, that is awesome. I, 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 again, I, I, and I, want to, I kind of want to stay with this point because I think it's an important one. And we were talking about, you know, you, again, going back to the, you know, you're working your craft and you're honing your craft and, and, and kind of through guilt by association, you become better because you're, you're applied and you're committed. But, you know, there there's, Truisms, you know, oftentimes are trite aphorisms that you know are are basis of life. You know, we we say, for example, for the actor now, you know, it's show business. There's a business side to it, and there's the creative side to it. But you and you need to be an expert in both. And and in order to get ahead in your career, you need to have a career plan. Which no, absolutely. I think marketing is very important. Marketing is extremely important. The only downside of marketing is that actors spend uh, begin to market themselves. Before they're ready, uh, before they're ready, right. before, they're ready to, before they have anything to sell that's real. Right. Uh, but I think that when an actor uh, works on his, his instrument, his craft, etc., and becomes a, a facile uh, actor, that marketing is very important. Agents, managers, the business side of the business is very important. You can't you can't act in a vacuum. You can't act in your toilet. You, have, you, right. you know, we all want to work. We all want to be paid for our work. We all want to be uh, successful. Of course, marketing is very important, and there should be uh, a time spent doing that. But you have to market a product that's ready to be sold. That's ready. And, you know? and, and here's my, right. But and here's my point about the product. I, I, I'm, I'm going to segue back, and that is that, for example, often in dolly shots, you know, you start at the end point and you move back to the starting point so that you know where you have to track you, you go to the end and you come back to the beginning. Um, when you when you plan to climb a mountain, you not only have to plan to get up, but you have to plan to get down. Absolutely. It, it, makes, it makes sense to me that the actor should also invest as much time in those happy, and I, and I know you do this, but I'm just saying that in the happy, conscious, wonderful, delightful, strong, positive, uh, moving forward states, and plan their exit strategy for their performance, so that when the director says cut, they know what that next step is, and they they could do that by planning it in advance. In other words, how I get in and how I get out are important things. Oh, absolutely. So that that's all that, that's all part of the process and the craft. And as far as as, right. as up, positive, happy type of uh, emotional life, I'm, I have dozens of exercises that are yes. designed to elevate the ego. Uh, to to stimulate excitement and 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 happiness and love and all that. I have exercises where I deal with just accessing the person's uh, loving feelings towards the world, right. towards other people, etc. So yeah, uh, the, the work isn't just based on tragedy, you know, <laughs> and pain. Well, I, I, 
No, no, and, and I mean, and your work isn't. But the reason I the reason I bring that up is what we talked about before about you know the the uh, actors who get caught in that that cycle and 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 or are sometimes debilitated by, you know, the um, you know, there were rumors that you know Heath Ledger had problems with the the, the Joker role and and things like that, and and it's it's terrible when somebody who's creative you know gets you know Shelley Winters who we both knew for many years. Yeah, I, I knew Shelly personally. <laughs> Shelly yeah, was yeah. a trip. <laughs> and, right. But she said something, and I had a love-hate relationship with her through the years, but, but she said something one day on television that that uh, I just went, wow, you know, that made a lot of sense. She said, I think the reason why Marlon Brando, because uh, let me backstory this, Marlon Brando had said one night in an interview during that Academy Award d- uh, turndown um, that acting was like sharpening pencils. Anyone could do it. And I, as a young actor, was quite incensed. I was like, yeah, well, you can say that. Yeah, right. Act, a, a, acting is like the lumber business. I heard him say that, too. Yeah, and, and, and I, was very, I was very offended by the statement. And then Shelley, years later, said, well, the reason why Marlon hated acting so much was because he spent so much time in his pain. And I went, you know, that, that's, that's not... Not, I mean, that, that's not not an accurate statement. That might be very, very true. And that, you know, part of, this is where I said with earlier about the method, you know, having its limitations or in application, is that too many people go in and they, they uncover all their pain and they spend all their time in their pain, but they don't have that flip side, which you do provide. And, and that's the thing that I love about the work, you know, is, is, is that, you know, as I said, if you're going to go up, you've got to come back down. So if you're going to go into a really dark state, you've got to come back out. And if you know how to do that in advance, that's part, that is part of That's the part craft. of the training. That's, that's part right. of the evolution of craftsmanship. And that's part right. of the instrumental liberation. It all relates to everything. Go, going back to Shelley for a minute, you know, I, I knew her quite well. I think she was a brilliant actress. She was also a method actress, Strasbourg trained, etc. And she used to send me people all the time because she admired... Uh, people who would audition at the studio, she once told me, everybody who mentioned my name, having trained with me, she, the, the, impressed her the most. She even sent her boyfriend to me, who never came. But at any rate, uh, uh, she uh, it's true. But you see, I think that... Brand, I want to go back to Heath Ledger. Uh, sure. I think, uh, first of all, Brando, uh, I think the greatest actor of the 20th century was Montgomery Clift. I think okay. he was naturally... Uh, the most gifted, authentic actor of the 20th century. He wasn't alone, but I thought I think that he was really more of a craftsperson, more of a craftsman than Brando, even though Brando was incredibly talented. But let's go back to Heath Ledger. Now, he was young, and I don't know what his background or his training was, and he obviously had uh, narcotic problems or prescription drug problems, etc. Doing the role of the Joker, you know, he did not have the tools to be able to to uh, balance uh, the impact of what he was working on. Looked to me like he was working on an external of some kind of. Uh, 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 reptile because he used to it was sticking yeah. his tongue. It looked like he was working for a reptile of some kind, and I think he, you know, I think he was a talented guy, but I don't think he had the tools to help himself to be able to go in and out of it and be able to balance it. And you know, he was young. You know, he was very young in terms of 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 the journey of training and acting, etc. and so forth. You know, great, great greatness. Is a word that is overused to a stat- to become great at anything takes the better part of a lifetime. 
You're not born with greatness. You're, you are born with the potential for it, of course, uh, you know, and develop it, but it, it's a developed uh, ability. Greatness is achieved, not, not a gift. Greatness is achieved by a lot of very hard work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Eric, we've got about six minutes left, and I'm going to invite you back. Uh, you know, there's, there's so much more we could talk about on this, and, and just want to know that uh, when we schedule it, that, that you'd be wanting to come back and talk to the listeners? Sure, sure I will. And I, I haven't even gotten into the specifics of the process yet. I know, so that's why I, we need to, to have you back. Um, okay. And uh, and bef- but before we go any further, let me just say that uh, your website is ericmorris.com. That's your name, E-R-I-C-M-O-R-R-I-S. Correct. Com. And there you can find out about his classes and his biography and endorsements and actor resources and his books, the many books. Um, why don't we in the last uh, say? Well, I'll, I'll let it. I'll leave it up to you. We've got about five minutes now. Um, how would you like to spend the last five minutes? We could talk about uh, your books. We, I, I don't want to get into a topic for you that uh, that is is or, or we could, and we could just leave it hanging. Well, okay, all right, yeah. Uh, the uh, on my website, there's a navigation bar that looks like a film strip, and right. the last frame in the film strip says Eric Morris, actor. A lot of people lose. Uh, the uh, lose the idea or the thought that I am also an actor. A lot of uh, there are a lot of teachers who have never been on the stage. There are a lot of teachers who have never been in front of a camera, and they teach acting, which is a very strange thing to me. Because how do you how do you teach something you have not experienced? Or when I look at an actor on stage and I'm working with that actor, uh, of course I've developed a perception over the years. But I also know what that actor is experiencing and feeling. Not only do I know that, because I have felt it and experienced it. One was uh, one of my students years ago said, "Eric, how did you come up with all of these exercises for uh, addressing uh, instrumental problems?" And I, I laughed and I said, "Well, I had all those problems. <laughs> I had them all, you know. Right. I, you know." Uh, uh, Harry Dean Stanton gave me a nickname when I was in Marty's class. He said, Eric Morris' name is King Tension. King Tension. <laughs> so, I mean, I came up with these exercises out of my own angst and my own problems. I had them all, or at least most of them. So what I'm saying is that uh, I am an actor I have the soul and the spirit and the background of an actor, and I understand and I love actors and I love acting uh, or no acting, I must say. Sure. And, and when, when somebody gets up on stage, when I was at the actor's studio, I was the head of the director's unit in the 70s for three years. When I directed a number of projects there, I would get up on stage and I would be directing an actor, and they would do anything that I asked them to do willingly because they knew that I would put my rear end on the line with them. They knew that I understood that I wouldn't ask them to do anything that I wouldn't be willing to expose myself to. So it wasn't uh, management and labor. It was we were all actors. I just happened to be directing that project, but as an actor-director. Do you know what I mean? So uh, I am an actor, and, and when I sit in that chair, I'm not in some ivory tower giving shouting directions as actors without 
actually experiencing and knowing what they're feeling and what they're going through and having a sensitivity to it and being able to address it from an experiential point. I've done approximately 100 films. That's television included. That means television, motion pictures. I, w I had a 39 episodes of a series called Eyewitness to the Past. It was like a, a spinoff like on that Steve Allen meeting of the Steve Allen's meeting of the minds where I interviewed people uh, in history uh Napoleon Adolf Hitler uh Mussolini Mary Lincoln uh all of these people and I would interview them George Washington and it was kind of a, a scripted improvisational thing. I did 39 segments of that. I was on the Phil, new Phil Silver show for 13 or 14 segments until it folded. It wasn't it wasn't Bilko as the uh, new Phil Silvers in 1964. Right. So I've I've had a lot of camera experience, stage experience before I got to Hollywood. I had done 50 or 60 uh, uh, equity plays, you know. I came into Hollywood uh, as a senior equity member. I got my SAG card in 1954 in Chicago. So I have an acting background. So I don't just sit in that chair and be a teacher. I'm a teacher, actor, writer, director, all of that, a hyphenate in the business. So what I do want to say is that uh, it's important. You know, there are teachers out here who have never been on the stage, who have never done any acting right. except maybe in a few classes in college. They are academicians who go out there and and go from college to teaching college without ever really being in the field. I was hired at USC to teach the young directors how to direct actors. They never even asked me if I went to college. Of course, I have two degrees, but they never asked me. They hired me because of my professional experience. And so and I was there for awesome. eight years, you know. And then, that's awesome. We've got about a minute left, and I just want to say that uh, Nick Mancuso, who's an actor and director and guest on our show, um, had made the point, and and, and I think that, uh, I mean, I couldn't disagree with it. He said, you know, the first directors were always the actors. It was some actor who went, you know, left the stage and walked to the back of the room and said, no, it doesn't quite work that way. Why don't you try this? You know, and, and that, that's something that has been lost. Uh, on directors and actor and on on coaches these days, in that you know they were part of the process, they were in the trenches, and they stepped outside the trench to be able to to offer advice or suggestion. And, right. and you're right. I mean, there are people who 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 now do things and they've never done what they're what they're talking about teaching. Eric, we we are out of time, but maybe when we come back, we can get into the process as as as. Um, as uh, I know you would like to, and I would like you to, and uh, maybe we can talk about the kind of uh, mistakes that young actors make as well. In, in, sure, you know, I know sure. I'd be very happy to do all that. Sure. All right. Well, awesome. We'll I will uh, we'll set that up, and we'll let the listeners know when you're going to be returning. And uh, I sure appreciate this. It's been an enlightening hour, and uh, and uh, I think uh, you know the the idea that actors need to be more conscious and more consciously evolved, and to enjoy life more fully and love themselves and, and be happy are just awesome, excellent points that uh, every one of us needs to remember. So thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. Well, you have a great weekend, and I'll be talking to you shortly, and then uh, we'll set something up for the next one. Uh, that's Eric Morris, ladies and gentlemen. I, I want to thank him so much for being here today. I want to thank you for listening in and uh, for, again, supporting uh, this show and this broadcast. By the way, I should say that uh, that we got a, uh, one of the comments in the chat room was, Eric, uh, there's actually 
no difference between you as an acting teacher and me as a teacher for kids. Everything you said is so true. Great statements, and, and, and I heartily agree. Uh, keep in mind, I've got many more exciting guests coming up in the near future, so be sure to stay tuned. The next guest is Kenny Johnson from S.H.I.E.L.D. and Saving Grace and many more. Please keep sharing this website and these interviews with all your friends. Tweet us. Uh, follow us at Twitter, Rex Sykes Movie Beat. BT at the end, Rex Sykes Movie BT. Uh, join the fan page or the group on Facebook and, um, and, and, uh, and spread the word far and wide so other people can also listen to my guests and, uh, and benefit from their expertise. And, ha- and they share so generously so, so much of their knowledge and their experience. So everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, that's a wrap. <laughs>